0: Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actionable steps for frustrated professionals helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are a professional that's looking to land their next job opportunity or looking to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, career advice with Chan with a plan. In this Facebook group, I provide daily content on the two biggest topics when it comes to helping your career direction, the job search and providing career guidance. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. We are still at the start of the new year. I hope everybody had a great January. And with that being said, a lot of professionals right now are still looking to make a career pivot. So if you are one of these professionals that fall into the bucket of wanting to make a career change, then this episode is for you because not only did I speak to a professional that changed careers and pivoted to a different profession, she also moved cities at the same time. Most people do one or the other. They either change careers or they move locations. Rarely do you see someone do both at the same time to reinvent themselves and take their career in a direction that they never gone before. And I was fortunate enough to speak to a professional that has experienced and done both at the same time. And her name is Rebecca Scott, and she is a young professional who has pivoted her career trajectory from psychology to marketing and believes in embracing the risks that come with opportunity, seeking out new connections that both elevate and challenge her and choosing the unconventional path as much as possible. In her free time, Rebecca enjoys creative activities such as needle felting, painting, drawing, and podcasting with her best friend Kara for their show, We Just Like To Talk. And when she's not focusing on creative projects, Rebecca can be found reading, writing, and spending quality time with friends and family. Now let's get into my discussion with Rebecca on reinventing your career to become more fulfilled. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Max. Thanks for having me.
0: How are you in terms of closing the year? Are you closing the year strong?
1: Closing the year strong, uh, closing the year with more focus and uh, hopefully more energy.
0: <laughs> Great. So the reason why I brought you on the show today is, as you know, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome career challenges. And some of these professionals that I have brought on To speak on my podcast talks about changing their careers drastically and I've also had professionals talk about how they move to a new city as well but I've never had a guest like yourself where they change careers and change cities at the same time usually professionals do one or the other but not both so before we get to that why don't we take a step back and you can tell us about your career beginnings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I originally started in psychology. I did a HBA at Lakehead University. For those of you who aren't familiar, that's a smaller town in northwestern Ontario, Thunder Bay. So I did that. And I was really into academia, like I was really focused on my grades. You know, I was declining parties and hanging out with friends, and really focused on that getting scholarships like you know, I had a trajectory in mind. And I and I took a year off between high school and university just to sort of figure out what did I want to do? What do I want to focus on? And I've just always been interested in the human mind, how people think how people work, why do they do what they do? So I thought, you know what, psychology is the way to go for me. And then while I was in school, I was debating, okay, do I want to do my master's? Do I want to do my PhD go on to be a psychologist? So, you know, there's a little bit of time after I graduated that I wasn't totally sure. And it's a lot of in, of time and money, obviously, to invest in that. So I wanted to be 100% instead of just doing it half ass. <laughs> so yeah, so after university, I was still in academia, I was doing research for different professors, I was working in labs, I was a research ethics coordinator at one point, And It was all interesting. But then at one point, it just felt a little stifling for me felt too much. You know, there wasn't enough human interaction, I felt so I was getting a little bit bored. And I knew I wanted to make a change. (laughs) So after that, I ended up going to Montreal, I wouldn't say like on a limb. But I knew I wanted a change in my life because I just, I wasn't happy. There just wasn't There's something inside of me that just wasn't at peace. And so I knew I needed to make a change. And I kept having, like, I kept wanting, like, an excuse to leave my hometown, right? I was like, okay, maybe I'll apply to grad school. And then that wasn't panning out. And then I just, I had this moment where I'm like, I don't need anything to leave. Like, there are so many people who just up and move, change locations and feel more inspired. And why can't I do the same thing? So I did. I, I planned it a year in advance, and I got a one-way ticket to Montreal because I knew I wanted to live there. I had visited a couple years ago, and I just, I love the city. I love the culture. It was very different uh, from anywhere that I've ever been. It felt very European. I could use my French. And yeah, I got a one-way ticket, and I moved in with a friend. And the rest is history, as they say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so what made you choose Montreal? I know you said that you have visited a few times and you love the city, but why did you consider Montreal? Why did you explore other cities in Canada before you decided to, you know what, Montreal is the right place for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I definitely did consider other cities. I think um, probably the next one on the list was Toronto. So I didn't want to move too far from my family so to me, that was really important that I wanted to be in in the, at least the same time zone. That's why I didn't want to do BC. BC is extremely expensive as well. And like that was another factor too. Toronto is crazy expensive, as you know. And Montreal is that nice in between where, yes, it's a bigger city, but the prices for rent and just for living on average is a lot less expensive. So that was a major factor. And I think also the whole French aspect as well. Like, you know, you don't really get that anywhere else in Canada where you are basically forced to speak another language other than English. I thought that was a nice challenge. I mean, if I wanted, you know, I wanted the the most challenging, apparently, now now that I'm looking back at it.
0: (laughs) To to add to that, you didn't know French uh, before you moved to Montreal, right?
1: I did. Yeah. So I I was in French immersion from, you know, JK until grade 12, but I stopped using it after grade 12 and and then until I moved. So that was about eight years of not using French. And so it's funny. It's like, yes, I have the foundation, but then moving there and, you know, having to speak it and going into a restaurant and, and they're talking to you and I'm like, oh wow i really have to brush up on my french because yes i can i can read it and i can write it but speaking is just you know a whole other beast
0: so when you first like went to montreal uh did they speak to you assuming that you're uh french so did they speak to you in french and then you're like no no uh only english for now or <laughs> like how, how did that work <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so the friend that I moved in with—it's a—it's an extremely French neighborhood. It's called the Plateau, and a lot of people from France end up moving in this area. So you get a mixture of Quebecois and then also uh, France French. Um, so I would go into stores, and and the default there is is French, regardless of if they think you you could speak English or not. They just talk to you in French, and then. They could usually tell like if you're a little bit slower to respond or, you know, if you obviously if you start talking in English, then they'll revert into English. Um, But for me, it was really important to make mistakes and to continue on like to be like, you know what, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. But as long as I keep practicing and keep putting myself in these situations, then I'm going to get better. And that's, I think, the best way to to immerse yourself in, in any language is to to be in the heart of it and to to be forced almost to, to speak it.
0: Yeah, because you can't get better if you keep avoiding, right? So it's better to take action, make mistakes and learn through them than try to avoid it or try to like go home and like perfect it on your own with like, a computer. You do need that real world practice to get better, right?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Duolingo is great, but it can only get you so far. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the fact that, like again, like you haven't used French since high school because of French immersion, so you said it's been like eight years, but you still took that challenge to go to a new city knowing that you will have to start using a language that you haven't used in a while. So th- did that make you a bit nervous at the beginning? Or like you said, as, as long as I just keep practicing, I'll eventually get it.
1: Oh, I mean, I was petrified. I mean, you... Just to give you a a little bit more context as well, I was moving out of my parents' house for the first time. And so I'd never lived on my own. And so it was like a lot of new things and and different types of challenges. But I think the most important thing was to go in with an open mindset. And also, hey, I'm going to be open to all of this. It's not going to be easy. But if I can make it fun... And if I can just give it my best, then to me, it'll work out one way or another. And it definitely did. I mean, there were there were days where I, where I was just so terrified of like going outside and, you know, using the metro or going on the bus because I was like, oh, you know, everything's in French and I don't know where I'm going and I don't know how to use any of this. So I was really fortunate that I had the, that friend who sort of showed me around the neighborhood and gave me some tips and tricks about the city. But yeah, a lot of it was like trial and error. Like I would go for a walk and I would get lost. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a phone. <laughs> I can use Google Maps. Like it's all good. But, you know, or or saying something and, and it's not the right word or that's not how you pronounce it. And it's like, you know, someone will correct you. And then that's how you learn. And then you'll never make that mistake again.
0: Do you uh, did you get any weird looks when they when initially when you were fluent in French and you started speaking English? Because I like they were like, Oh, this is an English woman uh type of like vibe, or not really. They were all very helpful when they realized that you didn't know how to speak the language fluently yet.
1: A bit of a misconception about Quebec is that you know they're rude and they won't speak french to you or if they if they hear a bit of an english accent they'll convert right away into into english and they won't bother speaking to you in french but i have to i have to give them credit that i think a lot of people and a lot of business owners and i think just in general like the vibe of montreal is just so different i think a lot of people come there and they're they're open and they want to meet people I'm not saying everyone does, but I'm just saying like for the most part, people are pretty open and, and they're chill. So that helps, right? They they see that you're at least trying and they wanna help you along with the progress. So yeah, I don't remember getting like too many odd looks, but <laughs> <laughs> luckily. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay. So how long have you been living in Montreal now?
1: It's been a little over three years.
0: All right, and what are some uh, learning lessons that you can give my listeners in terms of how to adapt to a new city, especially one where you'll have to learn a new language or brush up on your language skills?
1: Yeah, so the tips that I would give are be open for sure, be open to learning, put yourself in like a lot of uncomfortable situations. So go to restaurants, go to meetups, Put yourself out there as much as you can. Go to networking groups. A lot of like networking groups at the time, they'd be like half English, half French. Speak to somebody in French and carry on a conversation as long as you can or any language that you're trying to learn. And even if you're messing up along the way, like don't be harsh on yourself. Just make sure that you're, you know, that you're conveying the message that you wanna be conveying and even if you have to say like a couple words in your mother tongue that's okay too so yeah don't be hard on yourself that's a huge huge thing when when you're learning anything new like you're not going to be a pro obviously you're going to see progress as you continue on and you're going to look back and you're you're going to be proud of yourself and you're going to be happy that you did that work for me to like just writing down like new expressions that i that i saw or that i heard Uh, especially like slang because you don't learn slang in school. So, you know, or like short forms for words, write it down, use it in in your vocabulary, Uh, make friends with people who are from that language that you want to be learning. I think that's been like the most helpful thing or like get a job that you could use maybe like a certain percentage, maybe it's not 100%, that's okay. But if it's 50 or at least 20%, that'll help you as well. Just immerse yourself and uh, don't be afraid to fail because you're going to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and speaking of like job prospects, right? Canada is a bilingual country, so by learning French, you're actually expanding your job opportunities because how many jobs out there that are national companies saying that French is an asset? So I, I know a lot of English-speaking-only people, like, they-, they brush that off, but if you actually know French, it, it definitely helps uh, make you more marketable.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so true. There's so many jobs, especially in Montreal, that say like bilingual, an asset or a requirement. Absolutely.
0: So, speaking from a career perspective, you, you did have a job lined up right before you moved to Montreal. It was a fresh start.
1: I actually had no job lined up.
0: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, so you moved oh, to a new city with no yeah. uh, job. So, yeah. you also pivoted into marketing. So, how did that all come about? Like, why did you set to? How did you get to that level from working at a university doing the research that you said to a role in marketing?
1: Yeah, so I got there and I knew I wanted to do something different, but I didn't quite know what that thing was. I really felt like I had to be more immersed in the city to get a feeling of, okay, what are some things I want to try? What kind of job opportunities are there? Could I... Could I have done maybe a little bit more research? Sure. But I'm actually really happy with how things panned out. So I would say plan, but don't like over plan because you don't actually know how things are going to go once you move to a new city. So yeah, I just, I looked, I looked for interesting jobs at the time. I think I was using Indeed. I knew that I could use like the skills that I had gained from doing research and working in academia. And one of my, you know, it's, I would say stronger skills was writing. So I was like, okay, maybe I can look for a writing type job. And the job that did <laughs> come up was MTL blog. So I was like, okay, this seems interesting. It's creative. They're looking for writers. It's, it's freelance, but but it was full-time work. And the only requirement was like, you submit a couple samples in. I was like, okay, that's pretty easy. I had an interview, like things went well. but. I was writing like 5 articles a day and it was extremely taxing. So, yeah, I I'll be fully transparent. I got laid off, but the only reason was because of the funding cut and I was the newest person. So I was like, okay, this that wasn't that wasn't my path and I was also feeling extremely drained after. So, it was basically a blessing in disguise. And then I had to pivot again. So I was like, okay, I want something that's obviously more stable, I do enjoy writing, but how can I combine writing with psychology? And at the time, I was living with two roommates, they're a couple from France, they they both did marketing at, like as their job, but then they also took it in school. So I was asking them questions, I was like, why do you enjoy marketing? Uh, why did you decide to pursue it? And I just, I liked what they were saying. And I liked that it was a lot of different skills in one sort of career so I felt like you know we had similar personalities as well and I was like you know what I'm gonna give marketing a shot like why not I what do I have to lose so I just started applying to a bunch of marketing jobs and just seeing like okay entry level that's fine I can work my way up no problem And then I landed where I'm at now, uh, which is like a small software company in Montreal. Their clients are US-based, so unfortunately, I don't get to use French in my job, but I use it in my day-to-day life, so it makes up for it. I learned a lot. I started off as a marketing assistant, went to a marketing coordinator, and then now I'm currently a marketing communication specialist. I think the great thing about a small company is that you can move up pretty quickly, and you can wear multiple hats which is really nice.
0: I want to go back in terms of like, you focused on transferable skills. So when you were working um, in Thunder Bay, you were doing research, right? And then you were saying like, what can I do? I'm a good writer. So then you reached out to, you worked with MTL blog. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. And then you wrote articles there and then Mm -hmm. you used that writing uh, prowess to pivot into marketing. Is that an accurate statement in terms of like your career trajectory?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just like taking the skills that I learned and then transferring them to what I wanted to do um, for, you know, for the pivot was pretty much it. And I don't know, not not overthinking it as well was just sort of feeling it out. Okay, what is something that I feel like I could do and I feel like I want to do or at least try out? How does it feel right? Like always assessing at the time. How does it feel? Do I like it? What are the challenges? Are these good challenges or is it just extremely exhausting and I can't actually see myself doing it forever? I mean, mind you, I still love writing, but I don't think I'd ever go back to writing five articles a day. (laughs) I think that's way too much, but teach their own.
0: For the interview, did they question the fact that you had no marketing experience? Like you had some writing experience, but were there any concerns, or how did you pivot your experience to make to ensure that yes, I don't have any ex- explicit marketing experience, but from the skills I developed, I would still be an asset to your team?
1: Yeah, that was exactly it. Uh, they saw my resume, and they they saw that it had a lot of skills that could be applied to the position itself, and I I definitely said, you know, I I'm. I'm good with using uh, different types of tools. I'm a quick learner. I have, you know, research experience. I have the writing experience. I I can understand like how people think. So that will help me in terms of marketing. And even though, you know, I'm not super familiar with the tech world, I'm, I'm pretty savvy when it comes to using it, I would say. So I didn't think that was like a big barrier for me, but I think really I don't think it matters that you don't have like the education experience yes it helps if you do have some real world experience but but even then I think you could always apply what you've learned in the past to what you want to be doing either in the present or or you know in the near future let's say and I think I think that's a big thing too like can you present yourself well enough and can you market yourself well enough to convince your future employer that you'll be an asset to them and like why wouldn't they hire you
0: yeah i agree uh i think people are too hung up with like not having relevant experience in that industry or role so they don't want to apply because they don't think they'll get selected because they don't have that experience prior but it's all it's all about positioning and marketing your experience on the resume that makes you a good fit regardless if you don't actually have that exact experience right
1: exactly you you
0: change careers you also change where you live did you also do outside projects at this time like you do have a podcast with your friend and you also have a instagram account that's focused on light lifestyle right so did that also happen in uh, montreal or did you start that in thunder bay before you moved
1: So the Instagram stuff I started before I would say I moved I started it about a year before I moved and then the podcast was like in the midst of me working at MTL blog because I just had so much free time like I would I remember like walking back to my friend's apartment being done work and I was like I'm so lonely my friend is a nurse so she does a lot of shift work and I didn't know anybody else in Montreal and I was like really putting myself out there. Like I would go to cafes um and literally like just strike up a conversation with somebody next to me. And sometimes it would work, but sometimes it wouldn't. You know, like sometimes the person would be like, "Oh yeah, you know, this is what I do, blah blah blah," but then they wouldn't want to continue the conversation. So I was like, "Okay, that's fair. You're here to do work. Like I'm not going to bother you." So yeah, I and and obviously it takes time to plant roots wherever you are it takes time to build relationships it takes time to network in general so you know I was very well aware of this and and I don't just want to make like to me in general I don't just want to make friends with anyone I want to be very selective with who are the people I I keep close to so and so yeah to answer your question the podcast was started in Montreal and basically, because I was lonely. And we were having these like very in depth conversations, my friend and I, because we would just hang out in person. And she hated talking on the phone at first. But I was like, I just want to talk to someone and you're like, you know, you're off around the same time. We're close friends. Then we we're having like really great conversations in general, very in depth, just just life stuff. I can't even say anything specifically. But like how we were feeling or the changes we were making in our in our lives and and we're like you know what why don't we turn this into a podcast so that's basically how it started it's called we just like to talk and it's a very general podcast it's not niche i mean we just released an episode about highly sensitive people and it's a book that we read the highly sensitive person and yeah, so can range from books to things that are happening in our lives, to goals, to career, to interviewing people like you do. Yeah.
0: The reason why I asked you those questions is a good majority of professionals, I, I, I shouldn't assume anything, right? But a, a, a lot of professionals, they, they do their nine to five and then they hang out with friends or family. But some of them don't really do anything outside from a creative standpoint. So what's your... So what have you learned from like taking on these creative side projects with your Instagram and podcast that developed you to who you are today? Like, Or what skills have you learned in those creative projects that made you more of a well-rounded professional?
1: I would say being able to speak about different types of topics or being able to express myself really helped from doing a podcast and can be like transferred into just interviewing in general for like new positions or being able to speak to different types of people. I think just with the Instagram stuff, I'm always like willing to try, let's say like a new trend for reels or just being up to date on what's going on with Instagram, what's trendy, what's working, what are the new features. So maybe just being like more aware of that kind of stuff and being willing to try it and testing it out. And I I would say just having like a creative outlet is just really nice in general to be able to express yourself no matter what if you feel like you're not expressing yourself or having you know as much creativity in your job as you would like I think having these outlets is really nice because it can give you energy I know a lot of people say to me like where do you find the time or where do you find the energy to do all these projects but I'm like you have to realize that these projects aren't uh, draining my energy they're actually giving me life and zest and they make me feel really good so I think that and I think just like adding value is just super important as well in general regardless of what you're doing
0: one of those things uh, right now because of the pandemic and a lot of people quitting their jobs right now is uh, career burnout career burnout I I think in my opinion is that you're basically doing something you don't like to do but then you're doing a lot of it Mm -hmm. so you feel overwhelmed and that leads to the career burnout right because it goes back to what you said when people were saying like how do you have so much time to do this stuff but if you enjoy it it's not really burnout because like you enjoy doing it so you want to do more of it right like would you agree or like, what's your thoughts on career burnout
1: yeah i i agree with you that if you're doing something day in and day out it's extremely exhausting and it it puts like unnecessary stress on on yourself and I was recently listening to a podcast and I remember uh, the podcast host saying, you know, if if you're doing something and it's not in alignment with who you are, let's say like the universe or whatever, whatever you believe in is going to give you some sort of sign. So at first, it's going to be like a little feather, you know, tickling you and saying like, hey, listen to me. Then it's going to be a brick. Then it's going to be a truck. So it's like, you better listen to these signs before it gets to the extreme end. Like, I've heard of people developing diseases or just like, you know, going on stress leave because, I mean, stress leave isn't even like the the biggest impact that that could be have from uh, feeling burnout from your job. I think the worst is just like you're in a job for so long that you just become a shadow of yourself. And yeah, I think I think maybe like to to manage the burnout, if you have creative projects uh, on the side, that could be like a nice way to cope or to help you move along to find the next thing. But I do think you definitely need to be in alignment with your with I don't want to say like your purpose in life, because I think we all have multiple purposes, but at least with what you enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Going back to what you said before about like you were, you were lonely and you were talking to people at coffee shops like you started a podcast just to like get that interaction going. What advice do you have for someone that's like moving to like a new city and doesn't know anybody? Like how long did it take you to build up a social circle uh, that you're happy with and you could rely on?
1: I would say a solid year. A solid year of doing like a lot of networking events, just really putting myself out there just taking like any opportunity that I could, you know, a friend, a friend of a friend having a party, okay, I'll go. Let's see what this is about. Maybe I'll meet, meet someone. What I like a really easy way to meet people is obviously, uh, through your career or through your job, because you have, you're, you're forced to interact with them daily. So I would say that's a really great place to start and then outside you obviously want to have people outside of work. You can't I don't think you should solely rely on your coworkers for all of your social interactions. So try to go to events. I think even like LinkedIn is so underrated. Use it. Try to find like meetups. There's always meetups on on LinkedIn. Well, okay, I shouldn't say always. There there were <laughs> in-person meetups at least. I know now it's really changed into a lot of virtual uh meetups and I totally understand that can be draining I would say like don't rely on that too too much because it's also I think it's just you get a different interaction virtually than you do in person so if you can try to try to do as much in-person events as you can and put yourself out there and keep on building don't also don't settle if you feel like someone is sort of bringing you down you know don't don't keep them around. You don't have to, you're not desperate. Keep those standards high.
0: So you, you said you've been here for three years, right? been in much over three years. Yeah. You, you made a lot of friends throughout the years. So my question to you, based on what you just said, like, is there some people that you realized that they weren't a good fit and you end up uh, stop communicating? Did you ever have that happen to you yet?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Not like not a whole lot. Cause I'm, I think I'm very, uh, selective to begin with, but um, I think I'm the type of person where I'd rather give somebody else the chance and then see like where does that go rather than like you have to like prove like really prove yourself to me. I'd rather just be like, okay, I'm going to be open and, you know, let's just see where this goes. Um, yeah, it wasn't anything dramatic or crazy. It was just like, you know, our schedules didn't totally align or, or I felt like it, it was me constantly asking this person to do something to hang out, to go someplace, to try something new. And after a while it's like, okay, you know, relationships, whatever relationship it is are, are two way streets. And so, yeah, you have to know like when, when to let people go as well.
0: So you've had a interesting journey so far, right? So you, you started off in Thunder Bay at Lakehead, you did research, then you pivoted careers and pivoted locations. And then you mm-hmm. build up, you restarted and built your now social network in Montreal. Is there anything that throughout the years in your career journey that you you wish you did differently or you wish you could change?
1: Honestly, no, because I feel like I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I've learned. And I feel like I wouldn't know what I didn't like if I didn't try those things. And I know you and I were, were previously talking about this off the podcast, but um, you know, I, I do enjoy marketing, and I have learned a lot. I am happy I didn't take it in school because I feel like I've learned so much more uh, real life experience. So th- that was something for a bit. I was like, oh, sh-, you know, maybe I should have taken marketing, but then I was like, you know what? No, I really enjoyed psychology, so I definitely don't regret that. But saying that, working in marketing for almost three years, I'm I'm just at a point I think where I would rather have a little bit more human interaction than being so behind the screens and doing so much analysis. Like to me, it's not bringing me as much joy as it once was. So that's why I'm in this next phase of my life, sort of pivoting once again and looking more to career coaching or career advising in whatever capacity that looks like. So you know, for me, I'm I'm networking. I'm seeing if there are certificates I can take and and what skills I can gain, and ask people who are in in the industry, uh, what their journey has been, but not using that as a blueprint because the way it works for someone and how they've gotten somewhere won't necessarily be how I will get to that point. So,
0: you, you mentioned about like you're actually happy that you didn't do marketing school because. What tends to happen is like you're doing marketing right now. Right? So people want to like skip steps. They've been, like, oh, I wish I did marketing in school. And then I went to marketing right away compared to doing research a bit in psychology and then doing marketing because they want to, they wish that they did things sooner, but you're saying that based off your experience, you're actually happy with how things played out based off the decisions that you've made so far.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's really, really easy to look back at things and be like, oh, you know, I wish my trajectory didn't have all these winding roads. But I mean, that's life you need to sometimes things aren't so cut and dry. And so so clearly laid out. I mean, I think very few people go into school know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their lives and never switch careers. I think that's very very rare especially nowadays so i think that you know it's a natural tendency for humans to look back and to be like okay i wish i didn't have all these like bumps in the road but if you didn't have those bumps in the road you wouldn't have those lessons and you wouldn't be where you're you're at necessarily you maybe you'd be in a worse place who knows and you know hindsight's 2020
0: yeah i agree and like from what you say with the career coaching that's in a way psychology as well right so it, it kind of like you come full circle so you use psychology for research and then you did a bit of writing with based off your educational background and then you did marketing but now you're going back to like because working with people does have a psychological component so in a way you are using your degree again in a different way
1: yeah of course and and i think that's what my career has always lacked was the was the human interaction you know psychology itself is so interesting and especially like you know if you're if you're a psychologist I think I think the main reason for me was when I really dug deep and I was like do I really want to be diagnosing people do I really want to be hearing like traumatic events that have happened to individuals day in and day out I was like I don't know if I'm the type of person that can be so resilient and and keep you know, some sort of shield up that it wouldn't affect me. So, you know, I'm really happy with that decision. But then being in academia, yes, you're interacting with your coworkers, but it's so little and... It, it wasn't enough for me. And it wasn't in like the capacity that I wanted writing, obviously, is very much you're, you're focused, you're on the screen, you're not really talking to anyone else, maybe you're using Slack. And then and then marketing too. I mean, yes, you're interacting with your coworkers again. But I mean, now everything is is virtual. And some days I've experienced no meetings, no contact, other than, you know, chatting online with my coworkers, And it's just it's not fulfilling. It's not filling that extrovert in me
0: <laughs> yeah I, I get what you're saying right so it's it's one of those things that you have to do stuff to learn whether you like it or not you can't assume or just based off research if you're gonna like it or not you actually have to do it so it's more about like you said you have to do a whole bunch of things in your 20s before you're able to narrow the gap to find out what you really want right
1: yeah exactly and and i mean you've had a similar trajectory as well of going into marketing and seeing if you really like it and, you know, doing career coaching and, and that sort of stuff. So
0: yeah, because well, we talked offline, right? We're both, we both have psychology backgrounds, right? Or psychology degrees. Well, I, I went to, to straight to marketing right away. You, you took a few years doing research, but uh, so I went to marketing right away, but then you mark, went to marketing a bit later. So again, it's, it's not how you start, it's um, where you're headed, right? And it's going to be different for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even for yourself, like, do you wish that you did anything different in your career?
0: I always say like, I wish I started, started things sooner, but it's always hindsight, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So if, I, if things didn't happen to me the way they happen, I probably wouldn't have started anyway. So it's, it's one of those things like, you need things to happen a certain way for you to actually take action to get to where you want to go, right? Absolutely. So Lakehead's in Thunder Bay and you live in Thunder Bay, right? So my question to you is like, did you consider going to another school like far from home just to test the waters? How, how can you decide not to do that at that time? But then you decide to go to Montreal to work.
1: I think a lot of it was just practicality of you know how old are you when you start university like 18 I think I was 19 maybe because I took a year off. So I mean you're so young and I I just I was like you know what if I want to do psychology I might as well stay in Thunder Bay at this point. Don't get me wrong I did really want to move somewhere and I was specifically eyeing up Toronto because I've been there multiple times and I love it I think it's a very uh, energetic city but to me it just didn't make sense financially I was like why would I put myself in so much debt when I could live with my parents and really focus on my studies and get the same equivalent degree because it really doesn't matter where you get your degree from unless you're like applying to med school or something but even then. And yeah, so for me it was all about like practicality and and financial and honestly I just don't think I was like mentally prepared to to make that leap at the time. I was I was totally okay just to stay see where things went and and I'm really happy with that decision because I don't think a lot of people can say that they graduated university with no debt. You know, if they're paying for it themselves, right? Like, I paid for that, I paid for my car. I was really happy with those decisions, and then I wanted to get a couple years experience working, and then I was like, okay, yeah, now I feel really bored and I feel really stuck. Now I need to move.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Go back to what you said about like the school doesn't really matter as long as you get the degree. Everybody thinks that they have to go to like UFT or McGill or. UBC because they want that name. But you're saying that it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, personally, I don't think it matters. And even now when when I'm applying for jobs, I really I really think it matters even less. Like, I think the more distance and the more time has passed from from graduating. I don't really think employers are looking and seeing like comparing applications like Oh, she went to Lakehead University, whereas this often went to McGill. I don't think they care. I think they're looking at your experience.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like when I write resumes for new grads, like I I try to beef up the resume by adding in extracurriculars, uh, coursework, but then like, as you said, like once you get more work experience, I start getting rid of all that stuff. and just like focus on like the professional experience. Right. Cause that's all that matters at the end.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And then like the GPA too, right? Like the GPA doesn't really matter unless you're applying for like these top companies that ex- want a certain GPA, like nobody really cares outside of that yeah yeah as long as you get it it's all that matters as long as you got the piece of paper the degree after after that point right
1: yeah i agree
0: i I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to share with my listeners your story about like changing careers and changing locations at the same time i want to end this episode with one last question for you you might have touched upon this already but again like my podcast is about helping professionals overcome roadblocks in their career so what has been one of the biggest roadblocks that you have faced in your career so far and what steps did you take to overcome it to get to uh, where you are today?
1: I think the major roadblocks, like when I look back, have always been figuring out what I wanna do next. I think a lot of people don't even know what they like and don't even know what they wanna do. And for me, that's has always been the case when I look back and, and even most recently, Knowing that there is something that's not in alignment with what I want to be doing, but not knowing, like, okay, but then what is my next step? Like, what do I actually want to be doing? I think has always been the biggest roadblock. Because I think once you know, you can start taking the next steps and start asking those questions. So for me, I don't want to sound like too hokey pokey, but I think taking the time and sitting with yourself and asking yourself, like what is what is it in my heart that i want to be doing what do i feel passionate about just write things down if you have to get it out on a sheet of paper what are things that you really really enjoy time flies by really fast for you it could be something really small it could be something really big doesn't matter write it down and then just ask questions like look at people that you're that you feel are interesting or that have had interesting careers or work at interesting places and poke them ask them you know ask them how they got to where they are what have been their challenges and try to apply that to your life again don't use that as like the blueprint but take like these little nuggets of information
0: yeah for sure like someone's already paved the road in some capacity in terms of what you want to do right so you can always reach out to these people to reverse engineer their career to see if it, it is something you want to do right because there's nothing really new out there. Uh, someone's already done before. So instead of like, trying to do the guess for yourself, reach out to people, build relationships, and they can help guide you to get there faster too, right? Absolutely. Again, I appreciate the time. How can people contact you to learn more about your career or if they need help in French, as an example? Like how, how, how could they reach out to you <laughs> to, uh, to contact you for help?
1: Yeah, reach out to me. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I think I've said it in this uh in this during this time, but I think it's one of the most underrated platforms. So reach out to me on there. I'm Rebecca Scott. I believe there's a little dash in my handle. So it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-C-O-T-T and Dash. You'll see like a very colorful background banner. So you know that's me. And then if you want to listen to my podcast, it's called We Just Like to Talk. Feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome, thanks again for coming on my show to talk about your career journey and best wishes in your career in 2022. Thank you again to Rebecca for sharing her story and how she reinvented her career by not only changing her career path, by going to a different profession, but also move to a new city to start a brand new life. Now, if you want to hear my own insights and commentary on this topic, then make sure to check out Chan Cap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, if you are a professional right now that's looking to grow your career and take it to the next level, then make sure to check out my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan, where I post daily content on two key topics of the job search and provide career guidance to give you career direction to get you to the next level. Again, this is Chan with the Plan the Podcast. I'm your host Max Chan and I thank you for listening.